This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, Beaver fam? It's Damian Martinez, running back to Oregon State football team. Thanks for tuning in to the Belligerent Bees podcast. Go Bees and chop them. Why are you going to start recording when you can't hear me? What? <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> I can hear me in your headphones. Maybe you should get your ears checked or turn them down. Turn what down? Turn down for what? <laughs> no? No five seconds? No, because you're being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Sixty-eighth episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast. Oregon State football is five and two. What up, JP Bertram's with me. Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Wee Age is with me. Fresh off a very disappointing end to sale during the season, uh, so that's unfortunate. Sorry, Benny, but you look great. The Oregon State football game was thankfully not disappointing, and it is no. not disappointing to be recording another episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast on a Sunday night. How are y'all doing tonight? I'm doing good, all things considered. Uh, funny note that I have is my phone didn't work at the Seattle Mariners game. And as we know, that game went into what, 18 innings total, I think, at the end. And uh, it, it ate into the Beaver game. And so I was getting my notifications of the Beaver game from the Cougar fan behind me. So all of his frustrations, I internalized as, uh, as happy thoughts, <laughs> right. which is great. Did he actually say anything to you, or are you just like eavesdropping on his reactions to reading? Totally like eavesdropping. <laughs> totally eavesdropping. I was not talking to him. So, Why is this Mariner fan happy? <laughs> Jerry Kelnick just struck out for the 21st time this yeah. game. Why is Ben Wee happy? We're still scoreless in the 73rd inning. This guy's got a grit on his face with Jack Lowe just scored a touchdown. Get him. That does suck. I do want to say fuck the Astros. Yeah, yeah that's cheating do, assholes. Doesn't do much. So, and I really want the the Guardians lost to the Yankees tonight. I really want Cleveland to win this series so that I don't have to cheer for the Yankees. And shout out Stephen Kwan. And shout out Stephen Kwan, who did score tonight. And hell yeah. And um, my uncle Ray is from Cleveland and is a is a big fan. So, go go Kwan, go Uncle Ray. Can I just say though, like we could always fall back and become Padres fans. I'm okay with cheering for the Padres. Worst case too. scenario, other than I, 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 are, are, are you are you okay with cheering for the Padres Giants? Yeah, fans? I mean, I I don't have a problem with the Padres. Are you still I feel mad bad for them? Matt Latos, who didn't have two T's in his first. I don't. Name, I, I, I still. I I don't like Matt ball. Latos. If Matt Latos, oh <laughs> fuck SF or whatever it was. Yeah. When he was on the Padres. Or no, I I hate SF or something, but. It, I mean, if, unless Matt Latos throws out the first pitch of Game 7 of the World Series, I'll be rooting for the Padres. <laughs> Though I do have, I have, a, I have a soft spot also for Dusty Baker. Sorry, I know, Astros and all, but I, he I still... He wasn't there, but still, fuck the Astros. Yeah. So it's, it's hard. It's hard for me as, as a Dusty Baker fan. 
Keep it up, Dusty. I'm sorry, Mariners fans. Yeah, that's okay. And we just lost all of our listeners ben, this episode. Right. And <laughs> we also lost Ben, who just hopped in his car to drive down to Portland to punch you in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a wild experience. Of uh, It was the second longest game in postseason history, and for it to be tied – zero zero with both teams having literally zero chances it was an exhausting game to be at (laughs) yeah how what was the actual game time on that yeah so the game started at uh one o'clock and it ended with like seven minutes to go in the third quarter of the Oregon State game. So whatever time that was. <laughs> <laughs> and you got there at what time? You got there like at 9.45 or something? I got there at 9.45 and I got home after 9.45 p.m. It was a long day. And it was Which, like 80 degrees in October. So I got sunburnt on top of it. Yeah, you would have Where? got you sunburnt. You look fine. Yeah. Your, how do your thighs look? The top of your, the top of your <laughs> knees are probably purple. <laughs> yeah yeah send, but... us, send us a picture of your thighs so we can put it on all the belligerent beef social media <laughs> sure thing i'll see if i have a picture of my thighs when jp came up to visit me in tacoma i i have seen that picture please don't send it to me <laughs> it is it's brutal <laughs> yeah that's tough uh sorry ems fans and sorry benny I, I i hope the beavers winning brought you a little bit of joy after that it i did. know no probably at least some uh, the, the drive to Tacoma after that is just the, the cherry on top of, of a shitty sports outing. But also, uh, a lot of g- hilarious shit has happened in the sports world. Uh, you may I don't know if anyone's noticed this. Uh, University of Tennessee, big win against Alabama at, at Rocky Top. That's cool. That's exciting. Love that for Vols fans. What I don't love is uh, – well, I do love the fans tearing down the goalpost and uh, – I could do without throwing them in, throwing them in the river, but the like riding and riding them out of the stadium. That's cool. What's like not horseback cool is the University of Tennessee setting up a GoFundMe asking fans to pay to help them buy new goalposts. <laughs> I love that. Are you kidding me? Fuck that shit. The SEC oh, and the University on. of Tennessee should be paying for that shit. See? Schools that want to leave for the SEC and the Big Ten, these cheap motherfuckers don't no. care about you. The power brokers don't care. That is garbage. Their endowment is like $1.5 billion. I think it's all – dude, it's it's not even about the money itself because they know no one's donating to that. It's just a perception yeah. thing. It's just tell be hilarious. Me, tell it's me, me no one funny. in your organization has worked in PR without telling me no one in your organization Come has worked on. in PR. That was bullshit. I would, cheap I would do that. I would do that. Motherfucker. Hey, guys, thanks for stealing our goalposts, but could you help us buy new ones? Ha ha. <laughs> like, that's what it is, Terry. You're taking it too seriously. I am. Yeah, because how much money have they raised? I, like 11000 or something. I don't know. They're going to do something else and then get goalposts with that. Like, there's no – they don't need that money. You know it. They know it. It's just – I know they don't need that publicity. money. It's, it's not even that funny. They just look shitty. Anyway, speaking of shitty – and another, <laughs> I have nothing against the University of Tennessee, save for that, um, and the, the the mustard bottle that was thrown at Lane Kiffin, which I actually, last year, which I actually think was kind of funny, too. Um, <laughs> it was French's mustard, too, which is the best mustard in the world. Wait, I feel like that is a common thing to throw at people on the field of call. Didn't Utah State do that, too? They threw there mustard is, bottles? Someone, th- was, there was another mustard incident, and we are yeah. all like, what the fuck? And then we uh, were told by... Uh, very uh, intuitive listener who has, you know, just college football ingenuity. 
uh, mustard bottle is an undetectable flask to sneak into uh, any stadium. That is true. So if you want to How bring your own mustard because it's no one questions the so kid if... carrying the mustard bottle. Out. Right, because that's not sketchy at all. <laughs> hey, right. you and your four friends are all bringing your own mustard to the stadium. Or you don't fucking all... like hold... you don't take it out of your pocket and like show it to like, hey, security guy, I hope it's cool. I brought my own mustard. Well, it's like glass sets off a metal detector. Like, you could still have a flask in your pocket. Most flasks are made out of metal, though. I'm, not, I'm talking about like the a, one, like a one, flask of The one you alcohol, buy, not, yeah, yeah. Right. When from the, the liquor store. From the liquor store also would not set off one. Yeah. So it... Mm, uh, just a fifth. R- rinsing out a yeah, mustard bottle a seems, seems like a lot of work. You can bring uh, a fifth in uh, Camelback. Ask Benny. Yeah. yeah. You put a but, half gallon in there. But... <laughs> It's Whi- true. Whiskey with a hint of mustard is uh, the way to go. That's how I like my whiskey. That that's the moral of the story. Game day. Have you guys had the uh, the uh, mustard beer that came out a couple years ago? Did you ever find that? I had it. It was very interesting. What did it get on your untapped? Oh, I don't know. It's been so long. I probably have had like a thousand beers since then, but. It was decent. I a mean, thousand. It, You've had a thousand beers since Jack Coletto's first touchdown on Saturday night. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds so weird. But I also thought that blueberry muffin sour beer would taste really weird, and it was one of the best beers I've ever had. Team? Shout out, Great Notion. Shout out, Shout Great, out Notion. Great Notion. Great, uh, yeah, Great Notion. That's that uh, brewery on Alberta, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. I don't. I don't know if we've ever been there if we ever talked about them before uh we should Either. check out great notion uh and if you're listening you should check out great notion too let us let us know what you think uh my favorite thing that happened in college football save for oregon state ending an eight-year losing streak to the coog uh real quickly so talk about this game that much but it is relevant because of uh, a common opponent the stupid tree the nerds stanford university beat notre dame at notre dame <laughs> in what has to be the funniest, just pure game result of, of the 2022 college football season so far. I know probably, Benny, you probably laughed harder at Oregon's game against Georgia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll say non-neutral, the most, the funniest non-neutral site game. Stanford Agreed. Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Oh, man, that makes, you know, Treshawn Harrison's finish at the farm even juicier. <laughs> yeah, it also probably is making Notre Dame sprint to the Big Ten there because if Stanford ends up independent with the collapse of the Pac-12, they may end up scheduling Ooh, each other quite often. Yeah, so the, uh, the, this, the, the dominoes are falling after the imminent, that matchup. The imminent collapse. Um, yeah, they <laughs> they for sure they would fit in nicely in the in the conference of. Uh, Ohio State and seventeen teams that can't beat Utah. <laughs> that would, they 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 slide they slide into that perfectly. Uh, so yeah, in, enjoy that Notre Dame. My favorite part about that too is uh, David Shaw's losing streak to FBS schools came came to an end with that. That's <laughs> so funny. But his losing streak against Power Five schools is still in play because Notre Dame's an independent, <laughs> so they're not a Power Five. School. There's uh, no way they're gonna bring that up on any in any broadcast after that. Like see, that can't. is that's digging deep into the game notes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, amazing. Well, that, there was a great, great weekend uh, in Beaver Nation, and we're going to get into all of it. Um, got some soccer and some baseball, softball, and some shout-outs uh, as well. Um, but let's, uh, let's talk about our celebratory beverages. Uh, I'm doing a repeat uh, today because I, I took a nap after the Vikings game, and I slept past uh, the time that liquor stores are open till. In, in Minneapolis, uh, but I had a nice case of triumphant session IPA from Summit Brewing in my fridge, and I have it in a belligerent beeves koozie because I, hey, I found it when it was finally fall weather here. I put on my favorite fall jacket, reach into the pocket, and I found this baby's koozie that I've been looking for since last football season. Nice, like, oh, there it is. That's probably the first place I should have looked. It looks um, pretty pristine. It's exactly. a good looking. Yeah, koozie. it does look good, and it has the original Chopham script. From wow! Them. So now we have our own vintage belligerent beeves gear, Throwback. even though we've sure. only been around for a year and a half. So <laughs> love the vintage Chopham strip. Branding, baby, branding. I, I, be- I believe that that Chopham shirt is still a bit available on the the merch store. So belligerentbeeves.com slash merch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So triumphant. Oh yeah. How is it? Is it triumphant? It's very good. It's a very drinkable. Uh, it's it's a it's got that IPA taste to it, but you can have like you know. 37 of them and uh actually no that's too many you can have 23 of them one for every one of washington state's rushing yards on saturday night (laughs) and probably still be fine probably pretty drunk though Uh, i did not have 23 i had i think five during the game It's only have less than pack. 23. It's only, a 12, it's only a 12 pack, and there's still some left. So I, I behaved myself this weekend. I had to work. There's a <laughs> 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 um, Anyway, so yeah, very good. Highly recommend Summit, as always. Uh, JP, what are you sipping on? Yeah, mine's, um, <laughs> mine's a repeat, but it's a repeat of what I had yesterday, and I just felt like I needed to have another one. I'm kind of forcing this whole fall feel on myself because it's – not fallish here by any yeah, means. Not at, at all. all. But we are autumnal as fuck on this podcast. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm trying before. to be. I'm trying to be. I was lighting pumpkin spice candles. I'm looking for. I had a today. I actually had a uh, pumpkin hard cider, and Ooh. that was pretty good. A shout out to the original pumpkin patch on Savi's Island where they sell them. Ooh, shout out Savi's Island. Savi's Island. I haven't been there in years. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. yeah, the the nude beach. You exactly. I was gonna be like, that's where we went skinny dipping. I got. I've been slacking on the Peloton, as JP has noted too much. <laughs> I gotta get on the next next springtime. I'm gonna have my bod Savi's Island nude beach ready. Woo! Mm. There you go. There you go. Damn. Well, on uh, on Friday night, I went back to Oakshire Brewing, which has a brewery or brew house or whatever it is uh, near me, out in like 42nd and uh, what would that be? I guess Prescott, Killingsworth, something like that. But uh, they had, and I spotted this from across the room. I was checking out for my just you know standard double IPA orders. I was getting at the bar, and I saw this. And I had to get Ooh. it because it's black, it's orange, it's pumpkin, oh. and it's big black jack. Big black jack. It's there we go. delicious. Jack Leto is two of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even sit this. I'm leaning down. <laughs> Uh, that statement is very accurate yeah well sorry (laughs) 
right. Sorry for delaying your enjoyment of your beer, JP. <laughs> it is really good. I've been looking for like a good pumpkin beer for a while. Ooh. It is. It's an imperial chocolate pumpkin porter, uh, and it's got just the right amount of everything. Um, I highly recommend it. If you're looking for a pumpkin beer, find this Oakshire. That beer is blacker than your black shirt. Mm-hmm. That's wow. that is a dark beer. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that. The black color was it, was it, uh, oh no, Oregon State invented a new blue color. That's what it was. But who invented that black that was so dark? The color of black that's oh. so dark that it like absorbs light. You guys right? Seen that Have you seen people paint their rooms with that black? <laughs> no, it's it's, it's crazy. Didn't it, did it you do that? They're in like outer space. <laughs> no. Uh, you no, I, I used about 56 cans of, of spray paint <laughs> at PyCast. After, no, I remember you being like, <laughs> With I'm no painting, mask. I'm painting, I'm painting my room and you oh. and, uh, shout, shout out, shout out Melissa Z. I remember you guys painted like a gray purple sort of thing. I was like, what? As someone who loves purple, there's no way that turns out right. And it turned out great. You had like different walls, whatever. It was really, you used a painter's tape actually, which surprised me. And it turned out really <laughs> great. And then like three months later, you were like, I think I'm going to graffiti my room. And then you <laughs> and a bunch of other dudes just spray painted <laughs> shit <laughs> without wearing masks. <laughs> I was going to graduate on were, time until were, I did that. And then I lost half <laughs> my brain. You were the original anti-masker. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, God! I don't know if I've ever done anything unhealthy as that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We want to talk. Let's, let, let's not let's not start countering that statement because we'll be here all night. Uh, <laughs> but uh, speaking of untapped, JP, I want to hear your untapped score for the Big Blackjack, and also I'd like to shout out that cool, uh, stylish untapped tulip you're drinking. Your oh, beer thanks. Out of. Uh, yeah. Although I bought this for Mifter. It's a good gift. Mm-hmm. He knows his son well. He does. He does. Um, I gave it a 3.9 yesterday, but I would give it a 4 today. But I can't change my rating from the first time I had it. The problem was I was like – so I saw our, our buddy Taylor Brown. Shout out Tubu. I got to Tubu. Tubu. I actually had two beers at Tubu at noon. Nice. Um, and then we went to a baby yeah, shower. Shout out. Uh, Kelsey with baby girl on the way. So we did a shower sprinkle. I went, I don't know, I went and had some amazing barbecue – and beer but i was having like corona because i was trying to make sure i got home and you know good shape and jp please play five seconds of corona and lime by shwayze <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh shwayze i had not thought about that song until you said corona i was like Love there's it. a corona song somewhere right and shwayze was huge while we were in college that's dating ourselves a little bit but fuck it do you remember when skins met yeah do you remember my first tinder profile there was a picture of i think it was at um ali's wedding jp me you and skins and it was like yeah i'm best friends with shwayze and a bunch of people were like you know shwayze my first tinder matches thanks to shwayze Oh man, Shwayze, come on the Shwayze. pod. Where are you? Dude, that'd be such a great pull. Let's get Shwayze on the pod. <laughs> that would be awesome. Anyways, it was like it was definitely I was not paying attention to the beer. I was really into the game. I was really excited for it. I had a bunch of, you know, shit beer before that. Not to say 
Corona right. isn't delicious, but we, we love our shit beer. Yeah, compared yeah. to trying to have this like super rich and intense beer, yeah. it just didn't play well. It's it's incredible right now. I'm loving it. So I would give it a four, but I can put it give it a three point nine. Oh, so great. if you need me to explain that tenth of an uh, integer, that's why. Okay. Yeah. Long hmm. story short. <laughs> it's that's, that, that's there's no long that was the short version of my long has there ever has there ever been a long story short on this podcast uh i don't think so that's why we're here and that's why you love us thank you listener for tolerating us for <laughs> six, 68 times now uh benny what are you enjoying tonight <laughs> i am drinking coffee because i had an edible earlier and the uh the 18 uh inning game was absolutely exhausting to watch. So, um, yeah, <laughs> coffee it is tonight. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, what kind of coffee is it? Where's the origin of it's the bean? Starbucks? Oh, Ooh, wow. Seattle. Really? Fancy. It did not travel far. <laughs> it, was it was growing, growing right, there. right in your backyard. <laughs> it grew the yeah the coffee packet grew right off the tree. It was great. <laughs> nice. Um, yes, much needed coffee. Nice. What yeah. uh, what kind of coffee maker do you have? Um, so I had a Keurig, uh, but I've gone away. I've gone away from the way of the Keurig and I now use a regular coffee maker. It's your standard coffee maker. You guys got to get the Ninja, man. The one that I got, you guys saw it. It it looks so good. It even does cold brew. That was some pretty good coffee. And I do love cold brew. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Check it out. Ninja or something. Ninja something. I don't know. Amazon it. (laughs) Well, last year, after Oregon State beat Utah, I was at a party, and Oregon State had just beat Utah and clinched a, the record of 5-2, and two, and I was just yelling Oregon State is 5-2 and two to all of these people who did not care about Oregon State or Oregon State being 5-2, <laughs> and two, but God damn it, they heard about it, and I know the season took a turn for the worse at that point, uh, but I don't believe in jinxes here. I will knock on wood just for uh, just to comfort everybody, but Oregon State is 5-2 and two again, and there was a time not too long ago where the idea of Oregon State being 5-2 and two was something you could only do uh, in EA Sports, NCAA football, except you couldn't do it with the current team because the game hasn't come back yet, so God damn it, not I'm going to be appreciative of <laughs> of this let's raise our beers and our coffee and everything in front of us listener hope unless you're driving hope you're not drinking uh cheers to oregon state getting the coog off of their backs ending that losing streak yeah. to wazoo and going five and two hell yeah chop them mm. you cannot spell chop them without hope and i had a lot of hope coming into this game your oregon state beavers under Coach Jonathan Smith, are five and two, getting that big win. Uh, it's another first under Jonathan Smith. He had not beaten Washington State as the head coach of Oregon State football. So it's another one of those milestones that we would have preferred to have happened by now. Uh, but it's a milestone nonetheless. So uh, shouts to uh, to Jay Smith for getting getting that big one. That would have been a, a tough one to swallow. No disrespect to Washington State. Uh, they went on the road and beat Wisconsin. Uh, they've looked like a pretty good football team uh, all year. They should have beaten Oregon. Uh, definitely not an opponent to uh, you know underestimate. And that's why I'm there's there's going to be some things to nitpick that we'll get into. But Dashell said this in uh, most of, in I think uh, his recaps and people on Twitter. This is kind of the first game where Oregon State really did outplay the opponent in all three phases. And, and, and the Beavs especially didn't play exceptionally well. 
but they right. still they still hung on. They still executed when they, they needed to, and then they pulled off the W. Right. The bottom line, like the floor, stayed pretty high uh, through, throughout the whole game. Wazoo, you know, had some had some drops. Uh, Cam Ward had a completion rate of under fifty percent. Probably should have been a little bit higher uh, if his if his receivers had uh, helped him out a little bit more. Um, but yeah, overall, you know, with the it was it wasn't just quite the same bend don't break that we've seen from the defense in some big games. Uh, there it got hairy for a second, but it was you know a game that Oregon State was in pretty good control of the entire time. So from and Grant, like I only saw bits and pieces of the game, but it did seem from what I watched, like Oregon State was able to contain uh, Cam Ward a little bit better than what they've been able to do in really any Pac-12 game this year. Was that what you guys saw? Yeah, we talked about it. We talked about it in the halftime spaces where it would be nice to see a takeaway. We got one right, and but people were still clamoring like, where what happened in this team where they just had a nose for the ball, the defense backs especially. And I, I said you could you could be a great you could be an elite defense without takeaways because if you're just making a quarterback throw it away all the time or you're stuffing the running backs at the line of scrimmage, that's almost as good yeah. as the takeaway in, in some circumstances. And like sometimes you know the takeaway happens when an offense gets a little overconfident. They've been moving the ball, and then all of a sudden. They try to squeeze one in, and you make the right play. But if the if you're if you're holding the offense to very little yardage, then you you're okay with that with with no takeaways and for sure. Um, and especially if your offense isn't giving the ball away either. And right, I think right. we we saw that from the defense, especially with Cam Ward. He obviously like didn't want to make a mistake, and he hadn't he didn't have a very he didn't have very many windows to make a good play. Like he the, the defense just did not give him that many looks, and I think that's a testament to the defensive backs. I think if Kim Ward did try to zip some of those in there, that he probably would have been ill advised to do. We would have seen more takeaways. Right. Simple and as also, Wazi went zero for four on fourth downs, and one of those was the the Cooper interception. Uh, if I really wanted to be an asshole, I've complained that he caught the interception because we technically lost about seventeen yards on him catching it rather than just knocking it down. But whatever. I love the t- turnover chainsaw, and I love the opportunity uh, for Andre to tweet the Cooper scooper from the <laughs> music hashtag cooper scooper it's his third interception on the season now so we're just going to keep using that so shout out shout outs to coop um for making the pick but yeah over four on uh on for, fourth down conversions for the cougs and i mean we've known in our secondary has been fantastic and we're not going to lose too many games by quarterbacks like really trying to you know, throw for 300, 400 yards on them and really, really burn our cornerbacks and our safeties. But with our D line and our upfront group, not letting them run the ball at all. It's like, and keeping Ward sort of honest in the pocket. I know he's not Michael Vick, but he, he's got a lot of mobility to him and he was able to escape some sacks, but we, you know, tracked him down and it was, yeah, it was the most complete game that I've seen out of this defense. And on that, I want to, we have to shout out Jaden Grant. I mean, honestly, yeah. like he was amazing. He was all over the field, all over the field, pressuring Ward, getting up in the receivers' faces, making tackles in the middle of the field, and solo tackles, like big time solo tackles. Um, and they weren't like you know stuffing them at the line of scrimmage. Like I mean, he had some good ones. Where he was jumping in uh, for some team tackles, but like. I think that these are more important. Like they were a guy had broken past the corner, had an open field in front of him, 
until he ran into Jaden Grant and just Jaden Grant. And Jaden Grant would stop that play and, and get that tackle, that solo tackle. And th- those were those were big. I thought that those were really, really big. And I, and they happened early in the game, a couple of them especially. And I think that that gave him a lot of confidence the rest of the game because he really was flying everywhere last night. And and we needed that. We had to have guys really like put the pedal to the metal on every facet of their defensive play in order to to really rattle Ward. And we did and we did rattle him. I, I will for, I will say for sure that that guy was not confident in his play or his ability to make a play last night. Well, it's it's interesting, sort of going back to your point of not needing a turnover to be, or not needing a lot of turnovers to be a really elite defense. I would say two of uh, our Pac-12 games that we've had uh, have been the toughest defense that that particular team has seen, and that's USC and Washington State. Right. And both games, one, we got zero turnovers. The other, we got one. So, I mean, that that exactly proves your point. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's, you know, just being able to stay home, uh, flip the field. The field field position was in our favor all night. And, you know, the turnovers are are sexy. It's the same as, you know, I I love seeing sacks in the box score. So finally getting to see a big number six in the sacks column is fantastic. But uh, if you're still pressuring the quarterback and doing the things that don't show up in that box score, it's it's just as good <laughs> as a sack, technically sometimes better. Um, and yeah, a team that or a defensive back who gets a ton of interceptions or a team that gets a ton of interceptions isn't always necessarily the best coverage team. Uh, doesn't mean I don't want more takeaways. You can't spell three takeaways without Trent Bray, kind of. <laughs> I <laughs> can't want, spell I complete without elite either. Exactly. Hey, wait. No, don't even try. Okay. Well, don't. Thank you. Okay. All right. I won't. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> um, I also want to give a big shout out to my guy, Luke Losher. <laughs> Another great game for him. Uh, five punts, 50.4 yards per pump with a long of 59. I just want to be uh, the podcast that talks most about punters and our and our punter <laughs> he's great he's great i know it's not the the, the sexy stat to, to focus on but luke losher we see you we appreciate you helped kept the the cougs in um in starting drives in favorable positions all night that was a big part of the win yeah nice yeah. so i i have a question for you guys um from looking at the stats, it seems like Damian really did a very good job of sort of keeping us in the game. Obviously, like our run game looks much stronger than our pass game. But I saw a goal Branson, 13 for 24, 141 yards, and you have a pick and a touchdown pass. That doesn't seem that great. I expected more from him. What did you guys think of his performance on the field? I was going to ask the same thing because, well, Benny, you, you didn't get a chance to see it. You'll probably take a take a look at some highlights through the week. Right. and see some of the how some of the balls well honestly the lack thereof of, of the highlights I, um, I I'm trying to figure out the right way to say this but I think that if chance comes back healthy he's got to be the guy um, I don't think that go Branson is uh, a bad quarterback by any no. measure uh, but what I think happened was the that the the stage was a maybe a little too big for him. Um, and reality set in of being mm. his first home start against a team that we were everyone evenly matched us up against in a must-win game, homecoming with alumni, 
you know, football alumni in in the stands, other athletes, other other fans who maybe made the you know the the voyage back to the Paris of the Pacific Northwest. The press that's, that's a lot of pressure for a guy starting his second game. Right. And I think it got to him. I think it got right. to him. A lot of his throws after they played it pretty safe in the first half. And a lot of his throws after halftime just looked like he was second guessing it upon release. Right. Um, he didn't have the same zip that he had you saw against Stanford or the first half of this game. He threw that ball he threw that ball to Gould, which that, that was the yeah. scary. That was the scariest. He would when you said play it safe. I was like, I agree with you. I almost interrupted with accept the Except, touchdown yes. pass. But almost like that was. But the play call felt like it was like just get these guys, all three guys, in the same vicinity and throw it to them because one Very of them scary. might catch it. Like, and, and I honestly think that that play design was on purpose and to get all three of those guys bunched up. And I don't. I really don't think that that ended up just being like a. Not, a the hell happened here not my favorite strategy if no <laughs> not at all i yeah i'd agree with you i think he came out and a dude who looked like he was making his second start i think the game plan was to play it safe and i think shout out to lindgren for that you want to put your quarterback in a position to be successful in a position to play within themselves uh and the fact that we were leading the whole time like at stanford 20 you're down 24 to 10 in the fourth quarter and a little bit desperate so it's like all right Goldbranson, go out there and you know and sling it because we we have to you know we have to make some plays down the field. Um, so just without really having that opportunity, I felt like it was more conservative than usual. But he did make uh, some big plays. The third down conversion throw to uh, Tajan was a yeah. throw that. It, it probably could have been a little bit better of a throw, but I'm not going to criticize our redshirt freshman making a second start. He put it in a spot where only Tajon could catch it or it's incomplete. And if it's an incomplete and you put Losher out there for another 59 yard punt, cause that's what that dude does shout out again. <laughs> um, but like that, that was a good play by him. And he also had uh he had a t his I think longest run was for, for 10 yards and converted on another big first down in the second half. And it was, he went back, went through his reads. It wasn't there. He got what he could and it ended up being a first down. So he made good plays, uh, got Velling involved in the offense early. I'd yep. love to see that. I'd love to see Velling and Overman used more. It looks like we're not going to have Musgrave again, which fucking sucks. But yep. that's the way it goes. And so that's just sort of the way the game unfolded didn't really call for him to step out and throw more. So it, it's 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 kind of I think it's a hard game to evaluate from a Go Branson standpoint. He definitely did not step out and be like, "Hey, I'm the next great flashy freshman who's gonna you know make this a real quarterback controversy, whatever." I think if Chance is a hundred percent, I would I would guess at this point, Go Branson probably starts next week, and then they reevaluate after the bye. And yeah. even though Colorado is coming off a win, which I'm actually pretty stoked about that we're not seeing 0-6 Colorado next week. <laughs> that game was fucking hilarious too, by the way. Um, I'd like, I think that's, you know, uh, it'd be good to just get Gulbranson some more reps. and But you can't read too much into what he does against a team that we have opened up as 23 and a half point favorites. <laughs> yeah. It's just to give him more experience, get him feeling more comfortable. So I think it's tough to evaluate Gulbranson at this point. He's done what he can, and two starts, two wins. That's what you ask for out of your backup quarterback. Yeah, it's so it's really interesting that you brought up getting uh, the the tight ends more involved 
Um, I mean, like half of the the completions that Goldbranson had were to either tight ends or Jack Coletto. And that does sort of show that Lindgren has a, a good mind of, of what he wants to do. And it worked against Washington State. So I'm, I'm glad to see that because we had to get the tight ends more involved. That was, you know, the, the huge missing piece uh, once uh, Musgrave went out. That was sort of where our offense started to sputter a little bit. So happy to see that. Um, well, I want to say, too, I'm glad you brought up Lindgren because I think what he did to start this game and really throughout the majority of the game was put together a game plan that fans have been clamoring for, and right. it worked. And, like, I'm not going to say the fans know best, but I think I think he went back to basics and was just like, let's just go with what we know. And, I, and you know, I, I, who's to say that he's just not experimenting a bit with seeing how he can stretch some of these players and their capabilities to say, like, what else can I get out of them? What else can I make them do? How else can we, uh, you know, get get behind a defense or or uh, trick a defense that might be overly prepared for what we have in our arsenal? And I think he maybe went a little too deep with that for a bit and was trying too many experimental plays, too much experimental um, situational calls as well. And he went back to basics, and it and it worked. And I think it was a circumstantial thing as well that it worked, but it. It definitely got him out of the hot seat uh, in the eyes of Beaver Nation that was calling for uh, him to be at least evaluated. He, he really should be nowhere close to the hot seat. I agree. Right. I agree. Right. I'm not saying some... he is, but right. yeah. But like that, uh, yeah. It, I mean, if to put it lightly, he that silenced the haters. He I should. Think he did a good job yeah. with that. I, in my view, he's been sitting in a room, a very nice room temperature seat all season long. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I think it was back to basics, trying to just not make it too complicated for a, a young quarterback and also understood if we play our game, we have the talent across the board, offense, defense, special teams to beat anyone, especially playing at home. Yep. Uh, football's three phases. So is podcasting, offense, defense, special teams, Benny, Terry, and JP. That's what <laughs> since, since the days of Lombardi, that's what's been preached uh, in, in football meetings across the country. Uh, so yeah, I think I'm I'm happy with the way the game plan worked out. It's not fantasy football mania. It's not sexy numbers. Uh, running game, I think, is a little bit of a concern. If you take Damian's 50 yard pop out of there, uh, it was nah. you know, it wasn't it wasn't. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm saying if you had to, you would have liked to have seen us grind them down uh, a little bit more. Uh, it's just not. It's it's not the same as as last year, and it doesn't need to be. But I think things we... are shaking out, though. I think things are shaking out, and I think we'll see it the remainder yeah. of the season, and we'll definitely see it in the next you know coming seasons as well. Right. I think we're all leaning into the same thing uh, that that's happening with the with the running game, and it's simple. It's Damian Martinez should be the number one back. Period. Whether you if you pull his fifty yard run, the guy is still leading the team in average yards per carry. Um, yeah at least this last week. And he was the only guy who looked confident hitting a hole all night. Uh, and, and so I'm not, to, not to say that jam and Fenwick aren't incredible backs, but what I think needs to happen is like, we need to figure out the right situations for them to be used around with, with compensate maybe for, for Damien's lack of experience, but leaning heavily on Damien right now, and he might not—he might not establish himself as like this dominant back throughout the remainder of his freshman year. But he gave him that experience now, and it'll pay dividends in the long run. 
And I think that we're just seeing the early stages of that identity being established. And it's different for Oregon State because we've had a lot of guys kind of jump on the scene recently, especially, that we weren't anticipating being like the, the, the number one guys all season long. They were, in the pro, they were in the program for a while, right, a lot of times. Um, it was like, like BJ, it was like his fifth year. But, right. uh, you know, the, they, they still hadn't done much to establish themselves before they became the lead guy. Um, but they were older. And right now we, we, we have some guys that, you know, Fenwick's essentially the veteran back in the room. Um, and he's only in his second year in the program. And, you know, Jam is a, a, an older player as well. But these guys haven't shown that they could take the lead role yet. And that just to be totally blunt. And I think that they're incredible backs, but they just haven't shown they can be the number one guy. And I know right. one guy who has, and that's Damien. And I, I don't think that running back is necessarily the same as quarterback where like you can't have a, a two quarterback system. You can more so have a th- like two or three running back system. But totally. I do think that there's like something to be said about getting continuous reps, because when you get I mean, Damien did, I guess, get 16 reps. So that, yeah. that's, they that's get, a good by amount. the second half. It was his it was his ball. But I think that's what you have to do, because that's what you had with Jamar. That's what you had with BJ. And like for BJ, yeah, you had Fenwick backing him up, but he was a clear backup to BJ and, and there's a and level a of transfer. confidence, right. And a new chair, but there's a level of confidence that comes with being the number one, any position um, totally. and, and just the continuous reps that you can get. So I, that is the one thing that I wish that Lindgren would make a decision on is, um, is, is come up with who is your starting back because that person can then start to flourish in the program and, and become the next Jamar or, or BJ. And I agree with you that I think Damien shows the most promise right now. Both short-term and long-term. Yeah, totally, totally. And that's what I'm saying. Like, It's surprising he hasn't done that yet. And not to, like, try to knock on Lindgren because, you know, I mean, deservingly or not, like, I don't I don't want to make this just like a bash bash the coordinators, bash the coach kind of podcast. But what I'm curious about is when, when you don't have a quarterback performing up to snuff, right? I mean, that, right. To, to, be, to be blunt, we haven't had a quarterback really dominate since, I mean, really all year. So... Uh, if you haven't had that and you're like, well, we've gone through our two guys and there's, if look, people have been asking for Jebbia again this week. There is no Tristan Jebbia. It's not happening. The man yeah. is wearing a, wearing a penny on the sideline. He is in pads for show only. <laughs> and that is it. And I, and I don't buy the reporter's takes of that. Uh, it's not injury related. I think I think that uh, there's there's something more than we're being told, and not to be a conspiracy, you know, throwing kind of thing. But there's something more to it, like that they just don't they they don't want to justify that he's got a, a spot on the team and he can't play, and like publicly they have to say like, oh, we just gave it to him because we're trying to be, you know, reward him for what he, you know, earned up to this point, especially um, and his leadership in in the locker room, et cetera. I mean, that's why he's got the captaincy patch on his on his jersey. Um, but it's very clear that they haven't found what they're looking for in quarterback, at least quarterback play, not quarterback personnel, but quarterback play this season. That you would think that that Linger would lean in and be like, well, I've got three backs that are really, really good. And I got two other guys behind them, too, that have a chance uh, to, to grab a lot of carries uh, and, and make a name for themselves and carve out a role for themselves. But we need to, we need to find who my number one guy is now. You know, and it's like he's still looking. He's too busy looking at the quarterback that he is to, to try to figure out the, the running back room. And maybe that's because maybe it's a testament to the fact that they are working really well as a committee. I mean, not really well, but 
enough to to win well enough five ball games seven games i don't think identifying a number one back is lingering's call at all i think that's 100 percent smith if smith wanted damien to get 20 carries a game or if fenwick to get 20 carries a game or jam to get 20 carries a game that that's on him. I think this rests on Smith's shoulders, and he wants Lindgren to work in all three of them the best he can to keep all of them involved. Because yeah, you need all of them. You need all of them hot and going, and especially with the questions surrounding the passing game. Um, I had I would had hoped for a better game out of or just a bigger game out of the receivers. I mean, they they played well. There's a there was one. I think it was right before Damian's fifty yard run. Uh, apologies if I'm getting the chronological order of the plays mixed up, but there's an incomplete pass to Harrison uh, down the field, and it was a it was a decent ball by Goldbranson, and it was Harrison in one on one coverage. He overthrew him just a little bit, but put it in a spot where it wouldn't get picked off. And then I think it was the next play that that space was open. Damian found it, so that you at least need to you Two. Know, have that. Uh, yeah, we at least need to have like that defense respected enough. So that was Benny when you asked about Go Branson. That was something I wanted to make sure that I, I mentioned. Like you can't just run the ball ninety five percent of the time unless you're fucking Air Force or or Navy <laughs> or or Northwestern, <laughs> and and uh, get the success that you want. Um, but yeah, I think Smith wants all three of them just because you know they're argue they're up there on the most talented playmakers. Uh, despite on, on this offense, despite. Who's having who's having the better better game at the time? So I think it's Smith's call if there's a true number one back uh, at all. And I don't necessarily sure. know if you need to make that call. Um, no, Damien's been the most impressive overall to me. I still think you know just based on experience, it is you know Fenwick's got you know some pretty good stock built up based on last year. Um, but yeah, it is it's it's not he's not hitting the hole with the same explosiveness that we saw from him last season. So yeah. it is a little concerning. Um, I don't want to get stuck up uh, on the running game. Uh, a quick shout out um, on, on the defensive side. I want to make sure we shout out Isaac Hodgins, who got his first sack of the season. Nice. Awesome moment for that kid who's lo- had a long road coming back from injury. So uh, get, seeing seeing him take down Ward at, in a big moment too uh, in, the, in the fourth quarter was awesome. So shout out number 99. Um, an important development that took place the fourth quarter sing-along was once again party in the usa by miley cyrus uh <laughs> for those of you who have not heard party in the usa by Mar- miley cyrus i don't believe you but jp please play five seconds of party in the usa <laughs> oregon state football wins when this song is a fourth quarter sing-along Simple i contend that, that that song has gotten the most locked in energy out of the crowd collectively when it has played. Yep. Uh, no disrespect to Blink-182. That should never be an option ever again. Nope. That did not work. We've peppered uh, <laughs> uh, Oregon State Athletic Department's own Sarah Alcano on Twitter <laughs> with requests to make the Miley thing permanent. And it has, it on Saturday, the three options to cheer for, like, the cheerocracy, whatever, however that's determined, were Miley, 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 party in the USA, party in the USA, party in the USA. We have been accused <laughs> of being complicit in not allowing a free and fair election for this. And I resent that implication. I also yeah, what do you mean? Just don't vote. I resent the implication as well. <laughs> 
that it should be any song other than Party in the USA <laughs> by Miley Cyrus. This song is part, I know it's uh, our own Andy Snacks was uh, tweeting about this uh, on Twitter as well, that, you know, it's not, he, he said the olds, I'm not going to use that language because we're not ageist here. We love from the, you know, six-year-olds to the 60-plus listeners. We love you all. It's also not just a song for the kids either, because this song came out when we were in college and we're old balls now. It came out in like 2009. <laughs> it's just a song. When you hear it, you know it. You know what it is. Everyone knows the words. It's the right pace. It's the right beat. Lincoln Kennedy was kind of talking shit on the broadcast about it. Uh, but also, like, we played fucking Thunderstruck by ACDC for years too. And like, it just didn't get people going. And also, that's like a song that gets played in like every single fucking I high think, school football stadium yeah. across the country. Not that Miley's our own, or it's like that original in any way, but it's just, it's the level. Well, who else sings Miley Cyrus or a part of I don't of know. USA? I no don't one. know. Yeah. It could be our sweet Caroline. In 30, yeah, 40 we, years, we're going to be like, oh, and it's what a, a good way classic. better yeah. song than Sweet Caroline exactly. yeah, ever sure. was. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'd be like our Jump Around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a better song than Jump Around, too. It is. But I. Well, yes. But you that's see that with a sing along. all Jump Around. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's the right i'm not saying this should be the song that they make the highlight video to or that should be playing when the beaver <laughs> well, no, but I, i'm not not saying that either they're gonna start <laughs> making videos and that's gonna be the song for for every single one um although when we had wrecking ball by miley cyrus th- this episode's probably gonna get banned in russia again too because when we played five seconds of wrecking don't do ball, it no i'm not getting banned again we're not doing it in russia fuck putin I know, but we still have the the people there. They don't love Putin. They want they love the sure. bebés. We have to yeah. be able to be played for them. They, they listen I, to us. I, for the people, Terry. For the people. This is an essential part. Use like a bootleg party in the USA. Then I feel like we need the soundbite. Uh, the the it, no, it was wrecking ball. Wrecking in... ball got us in trouble, didn't it? Yeah, but I don't just know if it's a if it's like a Miley thing. Like Russia oh. has some bias against Miley, so we won't part do of the USA. Again, yeah. That makes sense. Maybe it was part of the USA. No. They're like, you know, no parties in the USA. <laughs> <laughs> the russian version right. party in the u.s in soviet SR. russia the nation parties <laughs> you um yeah so we did not we had nothing to do with this other than just agreeing correctly <laughs> we are open-minded people but in this instance our opinion was absolutely correct R- right in line with andy snacks that should be the fourth quarter sing-along uh and it's also just funny that uh, Sarah's the one getting the uh, credit slash blame, depending on which side you fall on Twitter. <laughs> but it's it's kind of just funny. That's like, all right, here are your three options, and they're all the same song. I love <laughs> that. I love yeah. that they did that. Like, I I'm sure ninety percent of the fans were probably like, what? Like they didn't. They're not following the thread on Twitter. They had no idea. They were right. just like, did they make a mistake? Like, is the, is the PA person drunk? Like, what yeah. happened? But but I love that she did that. I love that the team did that. Way to go, Game Ops team. But uh, I have I have to say, like, I agree with there are some people on Twitter are saying this should be a fair vote. If it's a fan vote to sing along, it should be a fair vote. And look, all the small things was not a fair vote. That was a promoted. Yeah, there was piped sure. in bullshit yeah. with that. Yeah. I don't understand I why. There were times even last year where I thought that Miley maybe didn't win and they still went with Miley and it worked. But they... They need to just embrace Miley. Make it a permanent thing of the game day experience. Make it our yep. third to fourth quarter song, period. Not sing along, not fan vote, just the song. Make it a unique, weird, 
Oregon State thing that we do that has no explanation and we just do it and love it and it's fun. And then and then let the fan vote sing along happen again. Yeah. Like do it do it earlier in the game. Like, there, there's more than like one thirty second stretch when you need to play music at a football game. Yeah. And also, does anyone know if they did a tribute to Coolio? I don't know. I don't. Know. I hope they did. I also don't know if they played the Mike Hass song when Mike Hass was introduced. Oh man, oh. we, we had a we had a Baybay's Discord there. Uh, shout out to Zach, Scott, and Linda who sat together and sent yep. us that picture. That is dope. that is higher that is hopes dope. than anything I could have hoped for when we started this. This yeah. we're uniting people podcast. <laughs> Get in the Beaver Fam Discord, y'all. It's a hoot. <laughs> that is not. This it is, is why a hoot. it's a hoot and nanny. <laughs> I've I've been listening to like a the most midwestern Midwest comedy podcast a lot lately. So it's it's taking every part of my core not to just speak in my most belligerent Minnesotan <laughs> accent and talk about things like Menards and uh, Menards. <laughs> Shout out Menards. Other, it's a yeah, great store. You, you can get everything you need there. Uh, yeah, that, Be, Benny would Benny speaks that language with his Iowa connections, but That's right. I'm leaving it there. But it is a hoot. Uh, it's fun. I, I, had ta- I had tacos in the Midwest and they were terrible. You did not have tacos in the Midwest. You looked at one picture that <laughs> West Lafayette Brewing Company put out. There's an excellent taco scene in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Next time you're in town, we'll go hmm, to a lot of great places. I thought I was meeting and, Terry at his house when I went to go visit him. Instead, he, he sent my Uber to a taco stand, which yeah, a brewery had that great had a tacos. Great, yes, yes. I will, I will take care of you. To bring this back away from tacos in the Midwest, what? and it was my, not my fault we went there. Uh, <laughs> you get. Did you guys see though? Because of the hype that uh, Blink One Eighty Two got at Reeser Stadium, they have reformed the band and they're going. I on did. Tour. That entirely, I did see that. entirely. Yeah. And of, and coming out with an album, album that yeah that Tom DeLonge says is the best album ever made. And he also the lead the lead. I mean, how old are these guys? But the the uh, the lead older than us. Is, is and that's called what's important. Edging. <laughs> nice. Shut up, Blink-182. Shut, <laughs> they shut can up. make me laugh like I'm 13 again. <laughs> <laughs> what is my age again? JP, play five seconds and what's my age again? <laughs> Too old is what our age is again. But in our, in our hearts, we are 15. And, and that and that will never change. Let's um, talk... We've, we've talked about a lot of uh, exciting things in this game. Do you guys want to know what I was most excited about, though? What? Two. One, two. Oh, I was going to go a whole two short route of two uh, at the same time, but never mind. You can, you can. I, I always love the entire catalog of two short, a.k.a. Todd Shaw. Um, Blowjob blow Betty opened yeah. my eyes. Um, okay. Anyway. People listen, to two, people listen to two short. <laughs> anyway, two penalties, 10 yards. If this mm-hmm. team Ooh. does not commit unforced errors, they will not lose again until a New Year's, New Year's Six bowl game. Agreed. They are that good. It's the, first, it's the fewest penalties we've had. One was on a fucking kickoff, offsides on a kickoff. Uh, there's another one that was declined by Wazoo. But when you're in that, I don't think there's a single one in the second half. This is 
This is what I've been pining for. The entire He Who Must Not Be Named era was made up of our group chat before it was the Bludger and Beast group chat and me just bitching about penalties so much. I didn't like myself then, you guys. I hated that I was <laughs> about every penalty guy. And I've tried. It's, it's, it hasn't been as bad uh, personally uh, in the years since, but it's still like... You know, you lose a game and then you look oh, nine penalties, seven. Oh, if there wasn't a oh, holding, um, two penalties, that that's gonna keep me. I have nothing to complain about other than how good Robert Farrell looked. Another tiny, scrawny little white guy, and I thought he was gonna, uh, for a minute, keep the Max Borgie curse alive and well. Oh. And he's gonna tear off his pads and below Max, would be a, a, cut, a cut off, a cut off, a sleeveless dry fit hoodie. hoodie. Uh, Betty, Betty, uh, <laughs> summoning the spirit of Max Borg in 2019 was a, a major strain on our friendship. Uh, yeah. So anytime the ghost of Max Borgie uh, harms Beaver Nation, it, it you know, it, it blame makes Benny. Me I leaned into it too. Blame I, Benny. I was, blame yeah. I, Benny, I, I wholeheartedly leaned into it with you. Yes. When it came to the hashtags and. That just the straight up who is Max him? Borgie and then you know it was what? like and I here's who that... the fuck I am, Benny and JP. It was <laughs> yeah. just it was like when Scotty beat Oregon State on Montana State in basketball in like double overtime in two thousand eight. <laughs> directly, directly JP's fault. <laughs> I don't remember this specifically, but I feel like he gave you the Reggie Miller cutthroat of death. Double thumb, double thumb, yeah, double thumb too. That's yeah. just a throat right. slash. That's a beheading, yeah. scissor <laughs> style beheading. Yeah, and he also he gave me the shush, and, and when he shush. when he hit, when he hit a deep three to send it to OT. Right, that's right. He got that's you with right. the shush and the cross sword beheading. Yeah, just a, that just humbled a, me. That humbled me that day. The only you for thing about ever. eight seconds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the one day my entire life I've been humbled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Never since. Well, so I just I, I think, um, and I feel like I do this a lot, but I can't help it. Looking ahead a little bit, we, can we have ahead. Colorado. We have Colorado at home. If we lose that game, there's a big fucking problem, right? Like we should. <laughs> Fuck it. We should win this game. Okay, we but should. we laughed about Stanford knocking too. Let's be honest. Knocking like, on wood. I'm knocking on wood. My losable. fingers crossed. Yes. Every game I'm doing is doing every superstitious the thing. Conference of champions. Should I make sure that they're not that? chasing us? No. Every no. game is losable. No. That's <laughs> just something couple, to know, not something to wear. But but a couple of other <laughs> things that I think we should note. Uh, number one, another one of our upcoming games is against Cal, who just lost to Colorado. Who's terrible. Yeah. Uh, and, and Arizona state is, uh, they're on the road, very winnable game. They're two and four. Um, and then Washington, Washington was the game that I was actually most worried about at the tail end of our schedule, but and they don't they look good. Not look great. They've yeah. looked mediocre at best. Right. We have a very reasonable, I don't want to say good or strong. We have a reasonable chance of going up against Oregon at nine and two. And that's all I'm going to say. I, I don't, I think if we could have said at the beginning of the season that, Hey, it's not a crazy thing to say that we're going to be going into the civil war at nine and two, we would be ecstatic. In the next four games, we will be favored in all of them, with the exception of Washington, in which yeah. I think it'll be a toss-up. But that would be coming mm. off our bye. Yeah. I mean, I this is I like our chances going against Washington. Yeah, there, I'm. Their offense is good. Their defense is has not been totally impressive, right? Uh, to put it politely, 
And I think, you know, coming off a bye, we really want to win up there. We got fucked there in 2020, even though there weren't fans in the stands. I hope Smith remembers that. Uh, I like our chances. I think the odds makers will probably give it. Washington will be like three point favorites or something going. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But if we want to be nine and two headed into the Civil War or whatever you want to call that, uh, when I was texting after the game on Saturday night with Ashton, I referred to it as that fucking game against that fucking team. I know the Oregon State Athletic Department can't market it that way, but that's my nomination. If we're still, yeah. if we're still looking for an official new name, that fucking game against that fucking team. Uh, we hey, all- you know what? If we can get Miley voted uh, three times for the fan vote, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. We can do whatever we it want. Is that, but we didn't do that. that. So make, let's remember. Make, JP, make shirts of the brand new beautiful scoreboard at Research Stadium with like one party in the USA, two party in the USA. <laughs> <laughs> in trouble if we put Miley Cyrus's name on a shirt. I don't think we have an NIL deal with Miley, but we should have one. That's on, <laughs> that's on the big picture bucket list for Belligerent Peeves <laughs> headquarters. Uh, but yeah, B- Betty, I think it's a great point. And fuck it, we should look ahead. We should because we haven't had many opportunities to be excited like this. So obviously that we got the, the players need to be focused on Colorado. You should win that game. It should be fun. I think it's probably the only, what, if it's not a blowout, we'll be upset game uh, left on the schedule and you get that game. Then you go into your bye week get as right as you can over the bye. And then it's just, you know, four games left. You should for sure win two Two. of them. Could all of them, all of them. Going into Oregon nine and two would be fucking dope. No, yep. yep. Oregon coming to us and we're nine and two. But but I have to say this. This is working out so well this year because we have a very our easy whatever easiest matchups except for like Montana State, whatever, like it will be our last chance of a fairly definitive win, I think, for the rest of the season. Um even even though Cal and and ASU are pretty down. I think that uh, Colorado is so, so deep right now oh, yeah. in their own shit that this should be a winnable game from every every single person looking at it. And then that puts us bowl eligible again. again. Bowl eligible at the buys. It's what we want. And wanted. then a buy. Yeah. yeah. And then we've got four games left. So what yeah. I wanted to just emphasize is like, yeah, these four games left – we should win two. We at least two. We should win them all. But the the, but the sky is the limit on that. Like if we win them all, they, like who knows what could happen in the conference? Who knows what could happen for for bowl bowl game slotting? So we have nothing to lose at the like in the end of October yeah. if we win this next game, which is which is so insane to, to even think about as a fan of Oregon State football, that we could be in a nice position to not worry about the remaining four games and play loosely for those four games. Right. And, and just out, off a of bye week, nonetheless. Yeah. it's it's We're a little bit short of saying, like, ever, like we control our own destiny. Uh, if we wanted to make it to the t- – 10-2 and two should be good enough to make it to the Pac-12 championship game. It's not a guarantee. Uh, we are currently sitting at fifth in the conference, uh, but the next four games are against teams that are currently behind us in the standings. We only have one game against any one of that top four remaining. That's Oregon. So yeah. we would need some help to get at into home. the top two to get into that championship game. But if we run the, the, the fucking table these next five games, like you're putting yourself 
in a great great position exactly yeah well and in ucla still plays oregon and oregon still plays obviously ucla and utah so a lot of those top teams yeah there, there will be you need to at lose least, at least one or two are taking l's so yeah. there's there will be room to move up the ladder 100 percent for sure yeah. uh before we uh turn the page on football jp i know you have some thoughts yeah. about the use of retro benny or retro benny's presence it was homecoming week uh so the helmets were not not the aerodynamic flying beaver shark, but Retro Benny. We've ha- been affection had a lot of affection for Retro Benny over the years. Uh, what are your thoughts on the use of it for this homecoming week? So I I loved it this week. I loved it this year. I loved the two tone look, the black, the orange. That's it. Um, I think that Retro Benny as a mark on apparel and merch or marketing is fine having the brown the white the black the orange uh as as it traditionally did but when you want to throw it on a helmet or a hat or a uniform or whatever it might be two-tone it black orange nothing else um and i thought it looked great but i also think it was amazing that uh we broke another streak of losing in retro benny oh that's right good point so there were fans (laughs) <laughs> who weren't thrilled to see him back again, which is not a surprise. They do this for every homecoming game now, ever since 2018, when it was announced they were unretiring retro Benny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, out of curiosity, I just went back and looked, you know, just what was, uh, what were people saying about the retro Benny helmet? And there weren't a ton of um, recent tweets but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call people out, but I want you to know I see you. I have receipts. <laughs> people don't forget, Terry. And you know who really doesn't forget? The number one person? His name's the internet. Or her name's the internet. And they yeah. The Internet don't is definitely forget. there to pronouns. Yeah. Yes. They <laughs> don't forget. Uh I see you all with your retire the retro Benny helmets or deposit those helmets in a dumpster. Boo on you. You know what? I get Boo. it. We didn't we didn't play well historically. We did not play well in any sort of sailor. We would have played helmet. well in the nineties Cowboys helmets. Twenty eighteen? Twenty eighteen is a free pass on everything. Come on. So is twenty twenty. <laughs> and I, I think I think we all know that the retro Benny is our best logo logo mark. It's our it best logo mark. By far. I'm glad far. that we won in it. I think that we'll stop hearing complaints about when he pops his head back up just like he does every year to tell us if it's going to be a wet or dry winter during homecoming game. But I'm glad I just, I'm happy we saw, we saw the W I'm glad we broke the streak, but I also, I, I see all y'all on, on Twitter. I found the, you. The I second, found you. The second best Mark is the old school Benny Mark. The tied for third best is angry Benny and uh flying beaver shark benny uh the best one is obviously belligerent benny which is the baby's benny <laughs> that is true of, i dream of the day that the the, the helmets have our drunk ass <laughs> beaver decal <laughs> can can i just say if there is anybody 
by chance, I'm sure there's not, that is listening to the pod that has any say in the marketing of Oregon State Athletics, please, please consider putting the curse of beavers back on the helmet. Those were, in my opinion, some of the dopest uniforms that goes overlooked because the team wasn't very good at the time, but those jerseys were so sick. And I don't think that we have to be necessarily uh, or, or that we had to have had a good team to go back to a logo. Um, it's, it's reminiscent. It's good. And it works obviously. Hold on. I think that, that the new, the new script doesn't work for a helmet because it has no arch. It's just a, it's just, you know, a horizontal oh, no, at angle. Agreed. Right. The, but the the old script, yeah, it was like kind of blocky and almost like caveman-y looking, uh, yep. or like it, like an animal wrote it that had an so, arch to it. Yeah, it had arch to it. It, yeah. it was a good yeah. look. I agree. I agree. That'd be fun to do again. Um, mm-hmm. I had to point this out when they announced Retro Benny. This is from Sexy Nick Dashel, uh, as he has been called on Twitter by people, I guess. Sexy um, Nick Dashel. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah, on the Retro Benny logo that was announced, this is from August 10th, 2018, Jonathan Smith said, quote, It's awesome, and I'm looking to get a sweatshirt. So, when you're head coach, when you're... <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that could be arranged, coach. <laughs> when you're Someone get Smitty a sweatshirt. Has had faith in the Retro Benny logo for four years. And he's worn a he's worn a dope sweatshirt every single time we've worn the retro Benny. By the way, I want the polo he was wearing on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, me That'll too. That'll get me to go out to the golf course and work on that awful swing of but mine. But you know what's funny is he he always it seems like he always wears the opposite of the like the the colorway of the logo for that season. So like last year I, we were wearing like the regular one, right? And and like he wore the all orange, orange. Benny like crew neck. Right. And then this year we're wearing the all orange Benny decal, and he had like regular retro yeah. Benny hat and 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 polo. So Con- contrast is a great tool in storytelling, and he contrast looks good on Jonathan Smith. He's a good yeah. looking good looking bloke. That guy. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. I think he. And yeah, he knew what he was doing. He Not as sexy doing. as sexy Nick Dashel, but who is? <laughs> no one. <laughs> that's that's a great uh final note on the football game oh we should <laughs> we should make our predictions for the upcoming game against Colorado. oh yeah let me pull mine up guys i'll go first i know i've been talking a little bit but i have to go first because i i have mine at the at the ready all the time i read mine on the episodes i read mine after Your the original games. one the original one from the season i read them after the games i just like i laugh at them because they're they're pretty funny but I did have us at five and two through this game, and again, oh. I I had mentioned that Cam Ward came in ready to throw his arm off in a in a he must win a game, and he threw fifty plus balls. And I said the defense would ha- would have a field day. We didn't exactly have all the turnovers that I had anticipated, but I did say that Jaden Grant will have a field day, and I think he uh, I think he did. he did. I was also so close on the score. I said twenty four sixteen. It was twenty four ten. Uh, if you weren't watching Benny, but um, he was not. <laughs> but I saw. <laughs> I still got us winning against Colorado. I said 38 um, 13. This, uh, this is funny. Today I mentioned that. Um, so Tennessee transfer JT Shrout Jr., he started the season for Colorado. And then he ended up getting benched about the last month or missing the really the last month. He's He, he got some uh, run in the second half against Cal and, you know, made, made it work. But uh, I had made the prediction. That we'd be able to get pressure on him, and that would make 
this game infuriating for the Buffs offense. I I did say I didn't know how bad Colorado was going to be when I made this prediction. It didn't even want to be great, but uh, I did say that they weren't going to convert their first down until four minutes left in the first half, which feels Ooh. like the feels most like something Illuminati shit ever that I could probably call that accurately. And then I just said that Beavs roll a bad Colorado team to become bull eligible 38-13 win. Damn. You know what's also crazy? You say 38-13, that's a 25-point spread. And it the spread opened up at what, 23 and a half? 24? and a half, yeah. Pretty close. See, um, we already yeah, know my shit. Spread. I know my shit, Beavs That <laughs> might be pretty accurate. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that <laughs> Dude, it's so tough to say, like, if they don't win by three scores, it's going to be disappointing. But it kind of feels like that. I And granted, like, I don't know what Colorado is going to bring out. Obviously, they're a team in disarray right now. Um, but they're going to try have... to be making a two-game winning streak. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. But like, also, well, we've, we've had dude, two straight I, overtime saying... losses to them. So I, I, I know. But they do have, like, Pac-12 talent type players, right? And yeah. so they just came off of a win against Cal, and you don't know what you're going to get. But that being said, minus the Cal game, they've looked atrocious, and I think that they win uh, 45 to 10. You said they. You're, you're saying Oregon State, Oregon State yes. wins 45 to yes. 10. Um, um, yeah. Not the full we hedge. Have we had the full we hedge yet this year? Not, no, not not yet. We no. haven't truly no, they, voted anyone they, out they, other than. My well, parents, I'm talking but... about like even us now predicting. I don't think so. No. For, Forty-two. What was it? Forty-two. It Forty-two. 42. Fourteen. You don't. Re- you had it for like eleven of fifteen games. <laughs> <laughs> um, Forty-two. I, Fourteen. I think this game is going to be an easy win. Uh, all, all due respect to the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, they don't have a running game. I think it'll be <laughs> a similar defensive performance, uh, but even better that we just saw from, from Oregon State. I don't think Colorado will be able to run the ball at all, but I do think we'll get a lead, and then it'll just kind of be a cruise control situation. I say we win 34-7. The, the the one playmaker on their team I'm worried about is uh, Montana Lamonius Craig, who had a good game against Cal. Uh, but I'm not worried about that being the difference. Our secondary is going to put the clamps down, but I think he'll probably get a touchdown or get some yards to make it look like a, a good fantasy day for their number one receiver late. But we're we're going to win. I, just, I don't think it'll be – I don't think we'll hit 40 in, in offense. Um, but, yeah, I'll go 34-7. So we're all predicting that we'll cover the – Initial 23 and a half point spread. Yes. Yeah. What was the spread? What is, according to Yahoo, what was <laughs> what? that spread? I'm trying, I'm just trying to figure out what was, what the year is this? Yeah. Yahoo. Sport, <laughs> the, the Yahoo sports scores app is better than any other sports scores app. And I'll take that to the bank. I'll die on that hill. Text me about it it's on so aim. Much, it's so much better. <laughs> yeah. If you're still I'm, checking I'm on, your scores I'm on, on the, Yahoo messenger, man. <laughs> If you're, checking, if you're checking your scores on the ESPN app, you're a fucking amateur. No, man. I, I ask my personal assistant computer robots all over my house. Oh, yeah, man. That's, I'm that's, an amateur. Yeah, yeah I'm going to Fetty reads the you. newspaper. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> to the coma times every morning, man. Morgan State men's soccer picks up 
a massive, massive result yes. for their NCAA tournament resume. 3-2 win against number six Portland Pilots at home. The crowd was lit, uh, about 1,000 people in attendance. Uh, the uh, official Oregon State Athletics uh, the Twitter account tweeted that it was indeed a frenzy at Paul Lorenzi. That's uh, right. So shout-outs to the Where Oregon State soccer team. I don't know. I think a pretty pretty dope podcast made up of three very handsome young men had something to do with it. <laughs> uh, Clarence Wudor, Motiem, Ellis Spikner providing the goals. Uh, Luis Castillo was great in net once again. And they have – shout out Andy LaSalle, who's been covering men's soccer, among other things, for the dive and, and for us, who said, like, if you watch the game, you can tell this team's about to get right. And going into – uh, late in the season, they'll be back to the the winning ways. Uh, from they had a lot of new guys to integrate into the team this year. Their biggest challenge, the number one ranked and unbeaten Washington Huskies, are coming to Corvallis for a party at Paul Lorenz on Friday. This needs to be an absolute frenzy at Paul Lorenzi. I have emailed our friend Sarah Elcano in the athletic department to get confirmation on what, or actually not confirmation, just any number on what is the attendance record for a match at Paul Lorenz. We should shoot to beat that record this Friday. I know yes. Andy Snacks will be in attendance. I wish I could be, uh, but it needs to be an absolute frenzy uh, at Paul Lorenzi on Friday and to help will this team to a mass, massive victory against a team, a Washington team that hasn't tasted defeat yet. 11 wins and one draw. Ooh. We can fucking do it. Is it 2,000, 3,000, whatever it is, we can do it. There's been great crowds for men's and women's soccer at Paul Lorenz all fucking season. I think I think we can do it. So, Sarah, get that number to me whenever you can, and we'll let we'll let the Beaver fam take care of the rest. Sorry, frenzy. Get to get to Paul Lorenz. Show some love. Get loud. I I have a good feeling about that game. I have yeah. a good feeling about it. I think that the team is definitely coming together right now. They have a ton of talent. They've got a ton of scoring potential. Right. And they can move the ball really well. So I think it was just a, a matter of trying to make all of those things click, which is, you know, why I why preseason they were ranked. Mm-hmm. And, like, high, obviously highly ranked, like the top three, I think, uh, maybe top five in some polls. But they were ranked because the talent was there, but getting it to mesh sometimes takes time, and I, and I think that that's starting to come together now. Um, they just look much more comfortable on the pitch together, and I, and, you know, watching their games, uh, you can see it. Like you can just see that the players kind of have fell into their roles nicely, and I would not be surprised if they make a crazy run through the remainder of the season in NCAs. I'm feeling. And, and we're, we're predicting more games of this football now. I'm feeling a 2-1 two, <laughs> two, win. <laughs> Goals by Tim and Dante Williams. Dante with the game winner in the 83rd. And uh, Dante hits the gritty. Mm-hmm. With a foot. Mm. And, yeah, so. With, did you say with what foot? Left foot. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I feel left. I think he's right foot. I think he's right footed, but. Uh, no, you know, and, like, and a flip. Oh, and a flip. Yeah. Yeah. Flip off of the left. <laughs> which foot? <laughs> which, which foot is he? Which foot is he? <laughs> Front flip or back flip? How many degrees rotationally will we see? Um, women's soccer, also a big opportunity for them. They have uh, number 19, Cal, on Thursday. Oh, and that. Um, the I should mention men's soccer against Washington. If you can't make it to the game, I believe it's on main Pac-12 network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big one. So nice. yeah, Pac-12 network, the one Fubo TV. Yeah, the, the easiest one to find. 
<laughs> you gotta <laughs> get into the doldrums when it's when it's Pac-12 Oregon or whatever uh, on on Fubo. You you, you kind of need Pac-12 to get Oregon it. two plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, someday we're just going to have to broadcast the game, and that'll be just J, JP going on Instagram live with his phone facing the field. <laughs> I, almost did, I almost did that for the, uh, the women's game I was at. And speaking of the women's games, shout out McKenna, who got uh, hit the back of the net in that the yeah. draw against UW. But, uh, man, sure. that strike, left foot, Terry. It was her left foot. Left foot. Uh, I didn't see the I didn't see her flip afterwards, but I'd assume she also went off her left foot. Uh, they they right. cut away the camera cut away, but um, did she? That flip? One, I don't know, probably. Oh, okay. But but she does just not on camera. <laughs> she does it with, without the camera on. She's not flashy like that. She just she just goes out her business and scores goals. Um, yeah. Now her eighth in the season, by the way, which is nice. like forty eight percent or something of the team's goal output for the year thus far. Um, so that, that girl can score, uh, would be, and would be more if she wasn't getting hacked and the ref's not giving exactly, her yeah. a shred of fucking respect. <laughs> yeah. So mad about nuts. that shit. It's nuts. It's nuts. But I mean, I'm sure that one felt good for her. So shout out McKenna on that, yeah. on that goal more to come. I'm sure. And I'm sure I know she's, she's eager to, to continue. The way, to the way she that. scores goals, there's no way McKenna has a dominant foot. Right, left, it, it's a, a go lasso either way. You yeah. can't, you can't stop. She can it. flip both, off of yeah. both feet too. It's probably, yeah, probably. I've never. You done wouldn't a know because it's never on camera, but she can do right. it. I've also never done a flip in my life, so I don't know if you go off of both feet or one feet. If there's like a principle of opposition, like a layup in basketball, uh, I'd be I've, so scared of trying. We'll ask McKenna. I'd rather do that. Uh, speaking of basketball, this isn't in our outline, but I recently listened to the most recent episode of the Peyton Years, yes. which I was craving because they go player by player through the roster. Alphabetically. Lots of great, alphabetically, <laughs> lots of great intel on everyone. It's a great refresher and catch up on all things Oregon State men's basketball. I feel so much more educated. Uh, less than a tip away, there's a great silly little preview uh, for both men's and women's basketball with some dates to keep in mind early in the season. Both the mm -hmm. men and women start uh, their seasons on Monday, November 7th with uh, home games, both on Monday evening at home. Nice. Is it a doubleheader? So that's that's my question because it's it is a double header. Both games are at Gill. I don't know if it's the closest tip times of all all uh, games, both being played mm. at Gill on the same day. Correct? It is. Yeah. So I think this one is will be. Someone's read the article, Terry. Have you read it? I wrote it and have not revisited it since <laughs> since my editor, who is me. <laughs> do, do you guys okay. remember uh, when they used to do Midnight Madness at yeah. schools? Yeah, they still yeah. do that at some schools. Do they? That would hey, be cool. We have well, we have like a, a scrimmage or something on in eight days right. from now. Isn't that like a Monday the twenty fourth or something? The fan fest. Yeah, oh, fan, fan fest. fest. Yeah, Sam. I think Sam and Andy from the Painters podcast will be there, or just Sam. But there'll be there'll be Peyton head presence at that fan fest. Yeah. Nice. So, Listen to their podcast. They're great guys. Say Find the funniest guy in the building, and it's probably right. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> it's most definitely Sam. Um, I know uh, they'll they'll for sure also be at the Oregon State Duke game in Portland on Thanksgiving. So hell yeah! If you want to spend your Thanksgiving with a couple of Oregon State podcasts instead of your family, find us at the Oregon State Duke game <laughs> on November twenty fourth at Memorial Coliseum. <laughs> going to be a good time going to be a good time uh baseball shout out to Stephen kwan and the cleveland guardians uh now it, that game is 
or that series is 2-2, so uh, by the time you are listening to this, that series may have been decided. Uh, I believe Game 5 is Monday night. Maybe it's Tuesday night. I don't know. I think it's Monday night. Okay. Um, but Quan, you know, he's playing well in the playoffs, and yep. uh, he, the Cleveland fans love him. He's It's so awesome to see that guy becoming a fan favorite. Uh, so, yeah, me, me, Tio Raimundo and Steven Kwan, I'm in your corner. Go Cleveland and fuck the Astros. <laughs> uh, there's also been some fall ball played uh, between both baseball and softball. Great to see the softball team uh, in action at, at Kelly Field uh, and our, our pal Sarah Hendigas, uh in the circle and people. I know Mark Garland was at, at some of the softball games and uh, he was tweeting some coverage about it. And uh, the hype, the hype for both teams is real, and uh, it'll it'll be spring before you know it. We got a lot of fall and a lot of winter to get to get through, and a lot of exciting things in between uh, before baseball and softball start officially. But the games will start counting before you know it. So it's great to see that following kind of build on both of those successful seasons last year. So I'm 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 amped. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, are you, I think are you guys could have amped? some special some special seasons. Are we all out. adequately amped? Yes, but I, you know what? I never realized they did uh, these kind of fun fall exhibitions. Right. Um, yeah, it's really it's really a great. I know that I, I remember reading about it. I think this last season and and keeping up with uh, the matchups, but like I don't remember this at all when we were in school. And I think maybe right. I was just like so mm-hmm. focused on like getting the school year started and like <laughs> going to football games that I had missed the fact that there were exhibition games being played right. for diamond sports but it is that's really cool and like especially right now the weather is phenomenal yeah. as we talked about at the top of the episode and th- this might be your best chance to catch a baseball or softball game uh in the most phenomenal weather you'll right. be able to get until may <laughs> right. end of may so you like you know you should go out and do this i, I think the softball have one more, or is this it? I think they might have one more. I might be wrong. That might have been today. This guy, it's not. I checked the website. I have to. I have it saved in a, a tweet, but it's not. No, they got. So they got there. Southern Oregon on next next Friday at three. Okay. On the twenty first. Yeah. On the twenty first, great. Yeah. At, at Kelly. Yeah. And check and check out the new scoreboard that we definitely paid for. <laughs> it is dope though how Oregon State are is starting to do stuff like this to embrace the diamond sports because even though they did win their first national championship uh when we were in school it felt like that sort of atmosphere of being a diamond sport um sort of mogul in the Pac-12 or nationally it, it didn't really come until recently and so by doing things like this I think it's embracing that sort of culture that that we've built which is awesome and we yeah, should celebrate it's that. also and and Andy wrote about this and uh we won't get to it this is when uh I think when JP and I were arguing and we weren't even arguing with each other but it is dope for them to they've had games baseball games in places like Bend and Medford and the atmosphere has been excellent and I think that's one it's just bringing your product out to to meet people where they are grow Beaver Nation even further uh, and also encourage people to make the trip to Corvallis sometime during during the regular season uh, if you know it just that's that's great marketing uh, there's no gig too small and I you know I, I know they'll continue to do uh, regular season games in Portland uh, but make going a- around the state uh, and espe- I'm thinking 
the, fall, the type of fall days that have been happening in Oregon right now. No uh, kidding. Oregon State baseball in Bend right now. That sounds magical. <laughs> I, I right. would love that. So uh, whoever uh, responsible, um, I have an idea is probably some Mitch Canham, longtime SID Hank Haggart. Uh, just great, great call on uh, uh, the the out of market baseball games this fall. And yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how long they've been doing that, but I'm glad that they are doing it. So shout out Oregon State Diamond Sports. Uh, and good luck, Stephen Kwan, the rest of the way. Hope yes. we're watching you in the ALCS, buddy. You got this. Yeah, and World Series. And then the World Series, yeah. We'll and World have Series a pod. MVP. And World Series MVP. Hope yeah. we're and hope and we're carried in, off the field. Hope we're invited to your uh, Cooperstown induction. Don't forget about us. Uh, we might be dead by by that point. He actually wouldn't but... be carried off a field if he was MVP. Wouldn't he get like a new Toyota truck or something that he can drive away with? I think that's <laughs> yeah, <how> probably. <laughs> Put us. Oh, speaking of trucks, did you see that? I think it was yesterday. Lydia Parker drove her father, the the great Mike Parker, to the game. He was chilling in the bed of uh, the pickup truck that she was driving. Like that's, that, that's, awesome. that's how he arrived at a game. L- check out Lydia's tweet. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, I don't know if Mike always does that, but he is, he's the voice of God for a reason. Uh, first ballot hall of fame announcer. We, we love you so much, Mike Parker. And I didn't think we could love you more, but seeing you just rolling through the streets of Corvallis arms up, and just, just vibes in the back of the pickup truck. Uh, it's, it is legal. Lydia points out it's legal for adults to ride in the backup on a yep. back, back of a pickup on city streets. So in the state of Oregon, yeah, in real Oregon. quick, real quick on Mike Parker. Cause I'm, we talk about Mike Parker a lot. He's a big part of the culture at Oregon state, but being at the Seattle Mariners game this last, uh, yesterday, there's a lot of talk about like win this one for Dave. So D- Dave Niehaus, the the legendary announcer of the Seattle Mariners, and he is a legend, but he didn't really become a legend until he passed away and like he wasn't announcing games anymore. And I think it's important for us to recognize there are not a hundred Mike Parkers around no. there announcing sports for their uh, universities or colleges around the country. Mike Parker is a special um, part of Beaver Nation that we talk about, but I don't think we truly recognize how great he actually is um, and, and how lucky we are to have him. So shout out Mike Parker. Good shout call out, Mike out Parker. And with that's a perfect note to end on. Thank you, Mike, for your continued service to the Beaver fam. Best in the business. By far. Uh, and thank you, listener, for tuning in to this 68th episode of the Belligerent Beeves podcast. One more. One more till what? It's going to be so nice. Nice. <laughs> we are. Oh, my God. We're, we're 13. Fucking, we are. Right? We are. We are children, y'all. <laughs> we yeah. are children but we are the babes and we are so this happy news. you are listening to this part of the podcast beaver fam thank <laughs> you so much for spending uh this much time with if it's wednesday thursday friday whenever if you're if you're listening to this during the belligerence hour uh we appreciate you thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the belligerent beefs podcast we're going to keep making these forever and because we can't we just can't stop we're it's it's all for you uh 
my beloved co-host, as always, in Northeast Portland, J.P. Bertram. He's the Trio J on Twitter, at the underscore Trio underscore J, because he's too Trio to be real, and at J.P. Bertram on Instagram. And from Tacoma, Washington, fresh off a 74-hour stint at T-Mobile Park. Uh, <laughs> fuck the Astros again. Uh, Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage, Benny with the good quaff, Benny Bedlam, because he's fucking crazy, people. <laughs> at Benny Hill 1986 uh, on all the socials uh, slide, slide into all of our DMs this week and quote Super Troopers with us because that, that's, <laughs> that's just the best part of our day I'm Terry Horseman at Terry Horseman on Twitter at Terrence Horseman on the Instagram and please follow all of us follow Belligerent Beeves at Beeves on Twitter at Belligerent Beeves on Instagram and our, our, our Facebook page because we just Want, yeah. wanted to be, wanted, wanted to be everywhere. So yeah, we're on Facebook. Not getting this, got, getting some likes. You know, it's 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 not our main platform, but we're there. Check us out. We linked <laughs> we linked to fun shit on it. Uh, thank you once again. Uh, tune in again next week to the uh, brand new episode of Belligerent and Beeves podcast. Hopefully, with that six and two feeling heading into the bye week. And always remember, no matter what or how hard you try, you cannot spell chop them without hope. Chop him. Chop him. Chop him. And bring back Bernice.